Hey, it's nice to be here. Two days at, um, at UTS. It's been great fun, both speaking yesterday. And I think these, these are being recorded so that um, uh, you can um, listen to them. Or if you missed yesterday, if you like what I say today and you think this is interesting, I'd like to hear more, then you can go onto the Credo website and soon we'll have the recording from yesterday. So you can listen to that, part one and part two, which is, which is great. I've also met with some of the leaders of various small groups um, organised throughout the, the timetable throughout the week. And so if you're new to Christianity, new to the Bible, new to Credo, there's lots of opportunities for you to join in, not only in big meetings, but small fellowship to meet people, learn together, ask questions, make friends. So you can even, at the end of today, there'll be a web form and you can find out. So I'd like to join a small group and find out more about the Bible. And uh, that's why Credo exists, to help students at UTS learn about Jesus, understand Jesus, follow Jesus, share him with others. So it's well done for being here. Great, great to have you. And uh, I hope today's interesting as well. Like Dom said, there are a few copies of my book there. And it's, um, it's something I know that Christians have found helpful. Uh, there's a f- you can just leave your number, email, take a copy, and I'll send you information about how to pay. There's only three left. Uh, but you can get it from uh, Christian bookshops, ebook from Amazon, or audiobook from Audible. So there's lots of options. At the end of the hour, if you hear my voice and say, oh, I could listen to that for hours, you could get the audio book. <laughs> if you get to the end of the hour and go, oh, that man's voice, oh, then maybe the paper book's for you. <laughs> a friend of mine who works for ABC Radio interviewed me about He read the book. He's not a Christian at all. He's an atheist. And he read the book and interviewed me about it on the local radio in Hobart. So you can listen to that interview if you just searched Mikey Lynch and ABC Radio, you could listen to that interview. And he found it interesting because he saw it, even as someone who wasn't a Christian, as a discussion about how you live out your beliefs, your serious beliefs, in everyday life. And he said, I learned lots of things about how Christians think about life and also lots of things which would be useful for anybody, even me as an atheist. They're helpful ideas in thinking about how to live life well. So maybe you're not a Christian and this book might be just interesting to think about. How do we live out our beliefs in our lives? I'm going to pray now just for all of us to um, uh, benefit as much as possible from, from the material I'll share with you and also that I can speak in a way that's clear and helpful. So if you'd like to pray with me, you can join in or just listen along. Loving God and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for one another and for this time now to think about the important questions of life and God and eternity. Please help each one of us listen well, be open-minded and open-hearted to follow the truth and the light wherever it leads. Help us have our questions answered and also show to us where we're wrong and need to change direction. Please help me speak with clarity and love and truth uh, that we may honour you and may come to know you more fully and truly. In Jesus' name, amen. Why you shouldn't be a Christian? Why you shouldn't be a Christian? What kind of salesman um, tells you about all the reasons you shouldn't buy something? You know, what kind of salesman does that? A good salesman, actually, is the kind of salesman that does that. A good, honest salesman tells you when you actually don't need those, mate. Don't need them. You know, they're not for you. I'll get you something better that's cheaper. 
here you go. That's a good salesman. Or I wouldn't worry about that, it breaks easily. Try this, it's not as fancy, but it's much more reliable. That's a good salesman. An ethical salesman is someone who helps a person seeking to find a product, find the product that's the best fit for them. An unethical salesman is primarily not interested in the customer and, and Companies exist for the benefit of the customer, not the benefit of the shareholders. The shareholders enter into business with the business owners to serve the world. A good salesman serves the customer. A bad salesman is only interested in profit and squeezing the customer. Um, and so I want to try and be a good salesman for Christianity. I don't want to tell you what I think you need to hear and hide the things you don't want to hear and, and, only try, and maybe upsell you. Become a Christian, actually, and buy those headphones and this phone and my book and that chair. <laughs> no, I, I want to help you think through what, what truly is Christianity, what are truly good reasons to become a Christian, what are the, the, the risky things about Christianity, yeah? And, and that's because Credo as a whole organisation is interested in being honest about uh, Christian religion and sharing it with you frankly and truly. Jesus actually says something like that similarly um, in the gospel story of Luke. Jesus says the story about, if you want to follow me, you better count the cost. How silly it is if someone begins a great building project and then hasn't figured out they've got enough money to finish it. It's ridiculous, a half-finished building. And they have to walk away in disgrace. Uh, or, or what government would pledge their people to war if they uh, haven't done the calculation to realise that their, their nation will be crushed by the battle, surely better to seek peace and negotiation, yeah? And so Jesus says in the same way, if you want to be Jesus' disciple and follow him, count the cost, think about it properly. We're not interested today in me telling you a few nice stories and then asking you to close your eyes while we dim the lights and then say, put up your hand if you think something vaguely positive about Jesus. No, no, no. We're not interested in you just joining our club and having good fun with our friends here. We want you to seriously think about Jesus. Understand him. Understand what it means to truly follow him. And so today, in, in the short time we have, and then there'll be some time for questions, today what I want to do is give you some bad reasons to become a Christian. Why not to become a Christian? Uh, inadequate, small, not the full reason, and, so, and give you a, a, the full picture. Today I'm not, you might misunderstand the, um, the, the, the title and think um, uh, that I'm answering the philosophical objections to Christianity. That's a good thing to talk about, but that's not today, I'm sorry. Um, or you might think it's about the moral objections to Christianity. That's a good topic as well, but that's not the question today. Instead, today I'm talking about expectations and motivations to become a Christian. What are bad or inadequate expectations and motivations for becoming a Christian? It feels really weird just having my name up there all the time. Is there some other slide that's a little bit better? There we go. Let's do that one. Talk. I'm talking. <laughs> that's, that's accurate. <laughs> Who's talking? <laughs> What's he doing? Talking. There we go. <laughs> first of all, uh, the first reason not to become a Christian is as an identity marker, a tribal identity marker. You say, oh, I love to identify with the Christian culture and community. I'll become a Christian. That's great. 
Some people that you see, they think, I like the identity Christianity reinforces. Maybe some of you here, you're warm towards Christianity. Maybe because the tribe, the people, the culture you come from is heavily positive about Christianity and you want to identify. Um, uh, This is a Christian place. Or you come from an island, perhaps, in Indonesia that's a Christian island. Or um, you identify with um, Western values and, and aren't they Christian values? Or maybe it's a political cause and you think Christianity represents certain priorities, agendas, special interests... You share the same priorities, agendas, special interests. Must be a Christian, surely. Ethnic reasons, political reasons, maybe values. Maybe you think family values or ethical values or a philosophy of life that you you know is kind of Christian. You know, maybe, and you go, well, I'm kind of Christian then because I have some of the same values. No. Being a Christian is not about, first of all, about coming from this family, this culture, this island, this tribe. It's not about being from this province or having these political concerns or having this group over against that group. Yeah? It's not about being religious or proper or refined or elite. It's not about being morally conservative or economically liberal. That kind of thinking, at its worst in the history of the world, has led to violence, religious violence, hasn't it? Where people say Christian or this kind of Christian means this people, this tribe, this uh, civilization. It means European. It means Western European. It means colonial. It means not Muslim, not pagan, not Jew, not Hindu, not Catholic. That's not Christianity. You're not joining an identity group if you join Credo. Actually, genuine Christianity cuts under identity politics. It transcends it. It goes above it beyond our narrow categories. Listen to this passage from a Bible book called Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. It speaks about Christian identity that takes us out of human priorities and concerns. You have been raised with Christ, this part of the Bible says. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. So set your hearts on things above, where Christ is at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is like your life appears, you will appear with Christ in glory. And what does that mean to live that way with a bigger picture of life, with Christ at the centre of your identity? Well, a little later in Colossians 3 verse 9, uh, he says, um, Do not lie to other people. You have taken off your old self and put on a new self, Colossians 3 verse 10, a new self which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here in Christ there is no Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free or Korean or Japanese or German or Norwegian or Afrest, North Sudan or South Sudan or Northern Ireland or Catholic Ireland. Here there's no Tasmanian or Sydney cider, (laughs) no North Shore and Eastern Suburbs and Western Suburbs, (laughs) the Shire. Um, (laughs) 
There's no Jew, no Gentile, slave, no three. All are one in Christ Jesus. Christ is all in all. When you truly come to be a Christian, your identity and your existence stops being about tribal identity markers. You no longer care mainly about king, country, uh, ethnic background, uh, culture wars. You have a longer timeline, higher concerns. It should anyway. In practice, even in a group like Credo, I'm sure you guys struggled at times. You realise, oh, I, w- I was thinking quite narrow then. And I-, I need others from other cultures and countries and backgrounds to show me where I've made assumptions. You know, we all have blind spots. We all think, you know, white or black or yellow or rich or poor. And that shapes the way we think in different ways. And so we need to keep being careful to pray that God can help us see the truth more clearly, justice, mercy, uh, purity, kindness more clearly in the way we treat one another. Don't become a Christian if you want a tribal identity. That's not genuine Christianity. We won't sell it to you here. If you did that, and people who do that are appropriating Christianity and distorting Christianity. So when Christianity is used as a tribal marker, it's being falsely appropriated and distorted. Instead, be open to something even bigger, something that breaks down the barriers which divide us. Don't become a Christian because of tribal identity marker. Secondly, don't become a Christian because you're such a good person. Now, I'm sure you're all very nice. Um, uh, You might say then, well, I am nice. Yes, I'm nice. Um, and Christianity, uh, Christianity is all about being good, being kind, isn't it? Being loving. That's the main thing, love your neighbour. Um, all religions are basically the same, maybe you say, and Christianity is a religion. I like it a little bit. I like Easter. So I pick Christianity and it means I'm good, I'm nice. And so if you're a good, decent, earnest, kind person, you're basically Christian, aren't you? If you're a little bit religious and spiritual and you like Christian ritual and imagery, that's basically Christian, isn't it? You're in Australia for a few years and it'd be fun to play Australian for a while. Let's do Christian. I can always change back when I go home, take a more English-sounding name, take on Christianity for a few years. Why not? (laughs) No, no, Christianity is not about a good just being a good person or a religious person. Yeah? You're a... Being a Christian actually is about saying, I'm a bad person before God and he forgives me. Christians are actually people who say, you know what? I've, I've, I bring shame to my relationship with God. I bring guilt to my relationship with God. I bring regret to my relationship to God. I bring failure and he accepts me because of Christ's mercy, his death for my forgiveness. Amazing. A story in uh, Mark's uh, gospel about Jesus' life tells about good religious people who were shocked by Jesus. They were shocked by Jesus. Um, uh, 
Jesus was having dinner, you see, he would eat with and socialise, Mark chapter 3, verse 15, with tax collectors and sinners. And many of the religious people, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, bad people. What are you doing, Jesus? Eating with tax collectors and sinners. And on hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. I haven't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus has come for sick people, guilty people, people who need forgiveness. The reason Jesus came and died was to take the guilt and the punishment we deserve for us so that he could give to us forgiveness and new life. So no, a Christian is not, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty godly, I'm pure and unashamed. No, 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 a Christian is, I'm undeserving, I'm unworthy, but God forgives me. Another part of the Bible, the Apostle Paul, one of Jesus' followers said, all the things that are to my profit, my background, my good deeds, my religion, my, all of the things that could be to my profit, I consider loss for the sake of knowing Christ. I consider that all junk for the sake of knowing Jesus, to be found in Jesus, not having a righteousness of my own that is about what I do, but a righteousness that is trusting in Jesus. Knowing him, his death, the power of his resurrection, the hope that comes from him. You can't be a true Christian until you realise you are sick. You are guilty. You need forgiveness. Christianity is not about trying harder or being better, being good enough, meaning well. It's about humble surrender and begging for pardon for forgiveness, the joyful relief of God saying, you're okay, you're welcome, you're forgiven. How brilliant. Healthy Christianity is not about multiplying disgust and shame and intolerance and judgmentalism, but healthy Christianity at its most healthy is about compassion acceptance, mercy, welcome, kindness. There's no one that a Christian can look at and say, you're disgusting, you disgust me, I don't want anything to do with you. But a Christian instead says, you're, you're my fellow human being, you're a creature of God, you're loved, God is inviting you for forgiveness, come to him, you'll be welcome. Now, to me, that sounds great. To many of you, that sounds great. But maybe not all of you. To some people, that sounds offensive. How dare you say, I'm not a good person? How dare you say, I'm just the same as everybody else? Some people do find this message offensive. Um, Shocking. And you know what? If that's where someone begins, becoming angry about this you're guilty and you need forgiveness, if that makes someone angry, at least they're beginning to understand Christianity. That's a start. You know, in our country, in Australia, especially amongst white Australians, maybe with other ethnic groups here too, but white Australians of a particular type, uh, of, of, of particular wealth, like to go to churches that kind of hide Christianity behind so much language they don't really understand anymore um, that they don't have to listen to real Christianity. So they... 
fancy, rich cars, and they drive up to the nice old church building. They come in, minister comes in, grown man wearing a dress, walks out and says, Welcome to they don't understand. They're speaking English so old that most of the people don't really understand it. And so they can sit there and go, yes, blah, 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 blah. And then these, these Australians walk out of the church building feeling like they're very, very good. They've hidden Christianity behind ancient ritual. When someone then comes to them and teaches the Bible directly, like I'm trying to do, they get quite cross. How dare you? How dare you say it's so irreverent? It's so impolite. Are you saying I'm a bad person? Yeah, I am. Yes. I am. True Christianity, when you hear it clearly, says we are bad people and we need God's forgiveness. It makes good people in our society angry and bad people in our society relieved. God forgives me. What great news. Don't become a Christian Christian because of identity marker. Don't become Christianity Christian because you're a good person. Thirdly, don't become a Christian because you hope it will take all your problems away. Sometimes people think Christianity is like good luck. If I follow Jesus, I'll get good luck and blessing. Um, that can be an approach to Christianity, a lucky charm a lucky symbol, a genie in a bottle. Um, I think there are many good things that come in being a Christian, being a part of God's family, the church, knowing God, peace with God, forgiveness, bold confidence in prayer, um, freedom from guilt and fear of death, freedom of fear of evil spirits. Wonderful. But the promise of God in Jesus is not that every problem you have will go away. The promise of God in Jesus for your life now, I will not promise you as a Christian salesman that if you come to Jesus, you will always be healthy, you will always be happy, you will be successful in your business. I don't promise you that because Jesus doesn't promise you health, peace, comfort, victory, uh, wealth in this life. Jesus does not promise you that in this life. In fact, Christians in this life will have many troubles, just like everybody else. To follow Jesus is to die to myself and my preference and my desire and my comfort. To die to myself to follow him. Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple in Mark chapter 8 must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me, he says. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me in the gospel will save it. What good is it for you to gain the whole world and yet lose your soul? What can you give in exchange for your soul? There will be troubles to be a Christian, troubles that everybody has and sometimes extra troubles because sometimes family or friends or others won't like you because you're a Christian. Sometimes you'll have extra troubles. Some countries of the world, this is a great issue. In every country of the world, this becomes an issue sometimes that someone who truly follows Jesus will have troubles like everybody else and some extra troubles. 
as I struggle with my own life to do the right thing, as I face rejection or teasing from other people. Being a Christian does not mean I will be spared from sickness. Being a Christian does not mean I will be spared from trouble. But it's worth it anyway. It is great to follow God, to have peace with God, to know in the end, at the end of my life, I have hope for eternal life. A Christian lives in trouble with sure hope of future joy, sure hope of future rest. So don't become a Christian just for an identity marker. Don't become a Christian because you're a good person. Don't become a Christian because it will take all your problems away. It might add some new problems now. And lastly, don't become a Christian because it will help you doing what you wanted to do anyway with your life. Don't become a Christian because it will help you to do what you wanted to do anyway with your life. I think sometimes we think, I I have these plans and hopes and dreams. I'd like to get married, buy a house, travel the world, have a job. I don't know what it is. Um, And then I believe in God too. He'll make me forgiven, good, uh, pure, and then he'll also help me do what I wanted to do anyway. There is some truth to this. I know God. I have comfort. I have strength. I know I can live to honour him every day. In everything. Yeah, that's wonderful. I can worship God in my study. I can worship God in my housework. I can worship God in my religion. Yes, that's wonderful. And yet, there is more to life and more to God than just helping you do what you were going to do anyway. If you want to just become a Christian, or as a Christian already, if you mainly think that it's about bringing God into your life to help you live the life you wanted to already, then your God is too small and your life is too small. Becoming a Christian is not bringing God down into your life to do what you wanted to do anyway. That's a small life and a small God. No, to become a Christian is to be lifted up and taken up into God's purpose and God's plan. As Jesus says in Matthew 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't overcome it. As he says in Matthew 28, the end of Matthew's story of Jesus' life, all authority has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. To be caught up into God's purpose, which is to bring forgiveness and salvation, rescue and life to the world. To die to myself, take up my cross and go the way Jesus is going. To become a Christian means to return to God, yes. To live God's way, trusting and obeying, yes. And to now live for God's purposes. So even if I do get married, have children, buy a house, start a business, as I live my family life, my household life, my business life, I live it obedient to God, loving my neighbour and giving to his church, giving to his mission, living personally in a way that prays and seeks to serve his church and serve his mission. My priorities now include not only being kind, not only being successful, not only being sensible, 
but being sharing in God's great message to the world. Gosh, that's a bad sell, isn't it? What an interruption in my plans. Do you mean I might spend money I could save and might instead spend it on Christian evangelists? Do you mean like the person said up here, instead of having Sunday to sleep in, I now have to spend Sunday going to church? (laughs) Does it mean that I might even not end up working in a high-paying career but might instead become someone who becomes a slightly embarrassing Bible teacher (laughs) and gives my life to teaching the message of Jesus to others. It is a shock. But you know what? To know God and share in his purposes and shape my life for the greatest goods is actually no sacrifice at all. It's the best way to live. It's the best life to live. Ultimately, it's no sacrifice at all. Have you seen that movie The Martian? Hands up if you've seen The Martian, Matt Damon on Mars, yeah. It's great. If you haven't seen it, you should. It's really it's, it's a great fun movie, funny and geeky and sad. Um, I'll finish with this. There's a bit in the movie where astronaut is worried that he'll die on Mars. He's worried NASA cannot rescue him. And so he talks on the radio to to some other astronauts and says, if I don't survive, I want you to contact my parents. It's a horrible thing to ask of you. I'm sorry, but that's why I've asked you to do it. I need you to contact my parents. And and, and if I don't make it, and you have to tell their parents their son is dead, here's what I want you to tell them, he says. Um, I want you to tell them that I love my job and I'm really good at it. And I want to tell tell them, want you to tell them that I died for something big and beautiful and greater than me. Tell them I'm okay with that. Isn't that cool? Died for something big and beautiful and greater than me. And to live as a Christian for God's purposes in the world, it's like that. It's bigger than that. It's bigger even than something as big as space exploration and scientific discovery and the human race in all our beauty. To live for God's purposes in eternity is to live for something big and beautiful and greater than us. To even maybe die for God's purposes is to die for something big and beautiful and greater than us. Becoming a Christian is a hard decision. It's a costly purchase. (laughs) But it is the most wonderful thing you could do. How about I pray briefly for us and then we might take some questions, yeah? God, our creator, our loving father, you know everybody in this room. You know our hopes and our fears, our needs, our excuses. We pray for one another and we each personally ask that we may reach out and find you, come to know you and trust you, Find in your Son, Jesus Christ, forgiveness, peace and eternal life. Help those who are still learning, listening and investigating to keep, keep learning, keep asking, keep seeking. 
that they may come to know the truth of these things. In Jesus' name, amen.